Hey everyone, Clay here. Uh, this episode is actually one we recorded a while ago, but I just straight up forgot to put out. It got files got jumbled, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and it kind of fell through the cracks. So this is uh, rats and mind games, and it should go between once burned and hooked up, and uh, revenant and babble. So enjoy rats and mind games, and we'll be back next time with final cut and the last resort. Thanks, guys. series show podcast where we talk about Batman Beyond. Now, we are in season two of Batman Beyond. My name is Clay McCormick, and with me, as always, is Sean Murphy. How are you doing, Sean? I have a question about incels. I need you <laughs> and the viewers to help me understand. Why me specifically, inc- Sean? No, no, no. I mean, clearly, everyone listening to this, obviously crushing a lot more puss than we can ever <laughs> brag about. Like, we are not the problem, everybody listening. Um, and, you know, the first episode, Rats, actually made me think about this, mm-hmm. is back in back in my day, when you were a virgin, you wouldn't tell people that shit because you were embarrassed. You felt like you weren't good at talking to girls. You were insecure. Why the hell would you say that you were a virgin? But now you can say that you're incel but you are proud but indignant at the same time. Mm-hmm. Blaming people, apparently? Is that what this is? I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess there's uh, I guess there's reclaiming th- something, and then there's weaponizing it and making you worse than you right. were before. <laughs> so when I first heard the word, I thought, oh, this is something that the left is saying about neckbeard men who are living in their mom's basement who can't get laid. Clearly, involuntary celibate is just a way to fuck with those people. Yeah. But no, that's that's their word. They're using it I some, somewhat proudly, I guess. And um I don't know. I mean the the worst it goes is men who blame women for not having sex with them. Right. And like, hey, how come you won't, you know, I'm not gonna get explicit. <laughs> how come you're not you know, coming out with me and whatever, paying attention and what's wrong with me. And uh, it's not me. I'm blaming you. I'm blaming women. Right. I'm blaming Hollywood for making men seem toxic. I mean, you, you can imagine the black hole you can go into. Oh, yeah. Especially uh, if you are uh, of a certain age where, yeah. you know, your brain isn't quite formed yet. Right. Which we all like, were. Why... That's not a slight on anybody. Yeah. But you're 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 announcing that you're a virgin and i don't know i just that just seems so weird to me i don't understand the uh the culture of people who are proudly proclaiming that they're incels and been blaming other people like why don't you just learn how to talk to girls and develop some game you know yeah <laughs> read a book, I think take a chance like take, with anything, a haircut though, i don't know with anything though i think it's just a power thing and it's just a backdoor into a certain kind of um uh power backdoor oh <laughs> well they they wish <laughs> Yeah, but Sorry. you know what I mean. Like it's it's uh, it's taking a um, an insecurity and turning it into uh, a negative, a negative power. Yeah, 
oh, it's like, yeah, I have, I'm I'm proud. I get to be a thing. Right. It's not you know, your fault. You 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 understand what's going on. You see the real thing. You see. But the... it is your fault if you're not getting laid. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean... I'm just I'm I'm speaking from their point of view. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, do you think that the main character in the first episode here is an incel and a rat? <laughs> um, that's a great question. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play some music for you or some dialogue, whatever I can find. And uh, we'll be back to talk about it. Okay, our first episode is Rats, written by Rich Fogel and directed by Kurt Gaeta. And in this one, Dana, who feels she has been ignored and let down by Terry once too often, begins receiving roses from a secret admirer. When she is abducted by the mystery man, a boy named Patrick Fitz. Patrick Fitz? Patty Fitz? That's his name? Okay. Uh, Who lives in the sewers because of his rat-like appearance, Batman may be the only one who can save her. Um this is a Dana episode, like mostly, which I was yeah. not uh, not ready for. She's been such a side character. I uh, I was yeah. surprised to see her so fr- uh, forward here. I so do before we get into this. I I don't know if I missed it, but why did this? What's his name? Fatty Pitts. <laughs> Pat Patrick Fitz. Pat. Patrick Fitz, which is a great name for an insult, by the way. <laughs> Fatty Pitts. Um, why did he zone in on her? Uh, Do we ever know? He says it's because he is dra- he's drawn towards the uh, things that are underappreciated, and he saw okay. that she was being um, stood up by Terry, and so right. she, uh, you know, he made his move. Why can't he be a student who uh, went through splicing a splicing accident because he's a rat, and he saw her, noticed her from afar, from I don't know. The- the great in the parking lot of the high school like anything that explains why it's her not anybody else in gotham why it happens to be batman's girlfriend you know yeah you know it's funny i i thought that that's what it was going to be i thought he was it was going to be related to the to the gene splicing stuff from the previous episodes but it wasn't and uh Mm. i kind of think that's an element that's missing from his character because yeah if you had if you had a bit of a backstory on him where he was a uh, angry teenager who's being ignored, and then he sees all the jock dudes getting this gene splicing thing, and it makes them cool, and you know, gives yeah. them bullhorns and shit. And he goes yeah. in for this thing, and he comes out as this weird rat boy. That's yeah. that's a pretty interesting backstory. Right, that already is a hundred times better than this episode. But yeah, they try already. to. Well, not a hundred times because it's this episode does have Mad Stan, who is probably my new favorite character, but we'll get to him in a oh, little bit. Yeah, we're going to get to that. I have a lot of thoughts on Henry Rollins, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> um, but I feel like they they try to sort of explain, but don't do a really good job by showing that he kind of lives in toxic waste. And so I yeah. don't know if it's supposed to just be that he was mutated. I don't know how he was mutated, but the rats were clearly mm-hmm. mutated because they're huge. 
but right. uh, I don't know exactly where he comes from. Yeah. Yeah, the toxic waste was their attempt to be like, well, here's a hint of what might have happened. He's kind of a mutant, but... He's like a half-splinter his... from Ninja Turtles. Yeah, like... <laughs> when he's not all the way done changing... Uh, no, I guess he would be Splinter from the, the movie anyway. That's true, yeah. The movie, First he movie. is a half-person, half half-rat. So, Mad Stan oh, wait, had no. a tattoo... He's a full rat in the movie. He's a half-person, half-rat in the cartoon, I think. Okay. I think that's yeah, right. You're yeah, you're right. Sorry. That's what I meant. Um... So Mad Stan has a tattoo of toxic waste on the back of his neck. Yep. Is there any kind of connection there that I missed? Or was that just like I'm trying to do Henry Rollins' black flag tattoo and just making it something cool? Yeah, I don't know. Because Mad Stan as a character is uh, mm-hmm. seems like he wouldn't be down with uh, nuclear yeah. power. <laughs> so. Yeah, there, were, there should be a red line through that yeah. nuclear power tattoo. So yeah, I don't know if they were just trying to to, to link the stories um, with iconography, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he's he's connected at all. Yeah. Um, what did you think of their attempts to write an angry punk rocker anarchist man? Um, I actually thought it was kind of funny because the stuff he was saying, I was like, man, give him a give Mad Stan like twenty years, he's kind of on the mark because he's in that. Yeah. <laughs> aside from blowing up the library, which is obviously bad. But he's yeah. basically talking about how bad the internet is. <laughs> yeah. And how it's, yeah. How it's ruining everybody's brain. And I'm like, hey, yeah. I'm, with, I'm with you, Stan. Mad Stan is a prophet. And honestly, I mean, if you know anything about Henry Rollins, especially like back when he was in his 20s, 30s, and 40s, it's very much uh, in line with what he thinks. Like, I'm pretty sure, I wouldn't be surprised if he wrote his own dialogue. Well, I was, I was just going to say, do you think he came in and he read that dialogue and then he paused and said, are you guys making fun yeah. of me? <laughs> oh man look we even drew the guy to look like you we even made him tall huh? <laughs> huh? he's tall and he's way stronger than danzig in this universe <laughs> although those That's guys are buddies important. those guys are buddies though right yeah they are <laughs> yeah there was a comic that made fun of henry and danzig like they're in love and it's oh, hysterical yeah. it's like a it's like an underground comic it's like an ash can basically and the guy who made it showed it to Henry once. And uh, I think this is actually quoted on the book itself. And Henry's not a comic book guy, but he looked at it. He's like, has Glenn seen this? Because he's going to hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the see, quote on the book. <laughs> I can see Henry being cool with it, but I don't think Danzig would be cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Danzig knows how to laugh at himself like Henry does. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so we have Dana front and center here. So the one thing that I found, another thing that I, I thought w- w- could have added to this, because it was the one thing I was thinking at the end of this episode, which is he's got to tell her at this point, right? Like you you can't, she's yeah. in, the reason that she's in this predicament is because of, of him not showing up. And mm-hmm. she goes through this awful hell and he has to save her. Like I feel like the natural end to this story is either they break up for good or he yeah. says yeah. i need to tell you something i'm actually batman and then she breaks up with him <laughs> yeah i'm with you i thought she should break up with him at the end of this episode that would make this worthwhile if she's like you were never there for me you weren't even there for me tonight and he can't tell her so he gets dumped for something that's not his fault mm-hmm. kind of is at the same time and then yeah. you know he gets mad at bruce and then there's tension between him and bruce because he lost his lady and blah 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 like there's a lot of um stuff there that you can play with future stories but they don't do any of that yeah in in the end she's just like just shut up and hold me (laughs) you can i mean 
you can see how fraught their relationship is just from the fact that she's shows up in an amazing dress to a chili parlor. <laughs> yeah. What was that restaurant called? Like it was castle uh, uh, rhinos. Chili. I think it was, was right. Rhinos. Yeah. Rhinos. How does chili? that make sense? And it looks like a castle. <laughs> yeah. She's, she shows up dressed, dressed for new year's Eve. Yep. Uh, to rhinos chili. Yep. White choker and everything. Yep. Um, Hair yeah, you know, back. in hindsight, yeah, the one piece hanging down, 90s style. Yeah, if I could go, well, I'm done. I just wrapped up Beyond literally two days ago, so it's too late. But I kind of wish I had Rhino's Castle Chili, whatever, in the background <laughs> of one of the panels. Hey, there's still there's still lettering pass, man. At the end, you could just have, uh, as one of those like freeze frame high five moments, just have Terry be like, hey, Chili's on yeah. me at Rhino's tonight, guys. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Yeah, I feel like the guy who's in charge of designing Diana's new costume wasn't talking to the guy who wrote the script and who wasn't talking to the guy who drew the restaurant, you know? Well, you know, what was really fascinating about about her outfit is that uh, later in the episode, when she's trudging her way through the sewer, they actually animate her fixing her dress in a realistic yeah. way that I've never seen. Like She, she pulled fixes- up a, a car... She does the Picard maneuver where she kind of yeah, and then yeah. she fixes her boobs in a way that I've never like she pulls the top of her dress up and I've I've never seen right. in a cartoon that sort of acknowledgement of how dresses work. You need to watch some hentai, my friend. Oh, do I? Okay, <laughs> let me tell you about hentai. Well, I gotta uh-huh. I gotta see the I gotta see the cast and the crew list first, so I know who to, <laughs> whose work to appreciate the most. Quick side note: I uh, for my birthday, someone got me um, a animation cell from Batman the Animated Series, and it's from the Clayface episode where Batman is in the um, the control room putting VHS tapes uh, into the players to freak out Clayface. Mm-hmm. And there's a fight in this room, and in one shot, Clayface like shoots his clay and just like blasts Batman. It's very liquidy. <laughs> and I sent it to you, and you had the perfect comment, which was something like, it's like a massive brown facial or something. <laughs> Did I said that? Yeah, but you worked in hentai as well. It was, it was much more clever than that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I as wish long I could as remember. it was contextually appropriate for, the, for yeah. the scene and the joke. Okay. I was hoping if I told the story slow enough, you would cue in, because I was hoping you would remember, but... I do. I do. I remember you. I remember the the cell, but I don't remember what I said. I mean, I just fire off gold so often that it's just so difficult to remember, you know? I gotta say, your uh, texting comedy game is usually very tight. There's not a lot of fat there. <laughs> um you're you're funny in person too but you're a comedian when it comes to texting well that's because see there's a secret if you get five people on a text thread then you gotta you gotta be a surgeon you gotta pick your points yeah that's all that's the entire that's, that's it okay i thought there yeah. was more than that okay nope, that's it <laughs> that was a very surgical way of describing it thank you yeah so that's why like every Every when there's a conversation going, I'll drop in yeah. with "Yeah, your mama," and everybody laughs, you know. And so I just keep using that until that doesn't get funny anymore. And then I change to be like, "Your mama's so fat," and then work, use that till the juice is gone. And it's uh, yeah, it's most of my com- most of my comedy is based in 1990s uh, Def Jam insult culture. So 
Oh yeah. I'm Not. Coming, I'm, coming, I'm coming to the end of the Bernie Mac tape. I got to switch to the cheeseburger hamburger guy, and then uh, and then we'll see we'll see where we go from there. Anyway. Okay. Uh, that's, speaking that's speaking of of that, not really, but uh, the the one comment about Mad Stan that I that I pulled out was when Batman goes, "Once he's on a rant, he's unstoppable." <laughs> that we should have upset Henry. If anything, right. he <clears throat> maybe he might have not been there that day when they recorded that line. But he's like every jumble of anarchist cookbook and every like sophomoric platitude from a high school junior who just discovered you know counterculturism it's all bundled into one great mess yeah and it's yeah. funny because he stands not wrong i mean the stuff that he says like 80 percent of it turned out to be true and turned out to be pretty bad <laughs> and i guess he comes back in three more or i think he comes back in two more episodes and they reference him in a in a fourth yeah uh, i so had to look him up sticks around yeah yeah i thought i forgot this was his first appearance because they don't really give him much of an intro batman just like mad stan escaped and that's it so uh, I assume in the next two or three episodes, well, when we see him again, they'll flesh him out a bit more. Yeah, and I also was surprised to see, maybe not that surprised, but he's never made it to the comics. So put another character on the list of guys I hope to use in a comic one day. He does do a wrestling move on Batman. Oh, yes. No, I was going to say the thing I would like to draw in this episode is that fight with Mad Stan because he has liberal use of wrestling moves in this in this fight, which is very fun to see. He does the Street Fighter move that Zingus does, where he does a pile driver and sits on someone's head, but yes. Batman's ears get jammed into the ground, so it's even better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he does, uh, he, he puts a, a full Nelson on him at one point, and I think he does like a head yeah. scissors flip thing. So when you when you sit on someone's head like that, what is that called? Uh, that move, that's a pile driver. Okay. And does the, your opponent have to be upside down, face facing the floor? Yes. Okay, which are they facing your, your, he, your feet or the other way? Uh, they're facing your feet because the person who's upside down needs to be able to hold on to you, so they okay. don't uh, you break right. their neck when you do the move. Right. Wait, this is all planned out. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. when Mad Stan does it, I mean it doesn't matter. But you know, if yeah. you, if you're in a professional wrestling match, yeah, you want to. Make sure you can hold on so you don't get your uh, spine severely yeah. compressed. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of record wrestlers, uh, <clears throat> our fr- our new friend uh, Omas uh, mm-hmm. texted me uh, a few days ago. I was as I was wrapping up, and I, I was really getting exhausted finishing this stupid book and putting it to bed. And uh, in the morning, I got this uh, message from me like, "Oh, I just read." White Knight looks so good. So proud of you, brother. Blah, blah, blah. And I love when black dudes call me brother because I feel like, well, now I can call them brother because <laughs> I'm, really? I'm in the club, oh, obviously. Good. Yeah, definitely do that. <laughs> um, yes. Not no. all of them, just my friends. <laughs> ah, of course. Yes. I, we can all we can all hear the, the whistle you're blowing yeah. there. <clears throat> so I, uh, I said, hey, are you performing in Boston at all? I'd love to come see you and I, you know, stay safe. Don't get injured, whatever. So that's when I told you. And um, yeah, I'd love to go see him. Maybe this is my way of getting into wrestling. This is how you get me is you bring in a famous wrestler who reads my books and then they get us backstage <laughs> if, passes. If that ever there was it. a way, <laughs> that would be it, I think. <laughs> I think at that point I have to just give in. The universe wants me to be into wrestling. Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. That'll do it. That'll do it. Um, so what, what do you think of, of, oh, so the scene in the the kitchen of the, uh, 
the chili place when, when Batman comes in and the giant rats are. Was that directly lifted from Jurassic Park? It oh. seemed very similar to a shot with the yeah. raptors in Jurassic Park, where like one of the raptors is up on the, the table. Yeah, good call. Yeah, I didn't uh, think about that. You might it have might not be at that point. Yeah, it might not be an exact lift, but I, I have to imagine it's probably influenced by that point because yeah, yeah. it's been a few years since Jurassic Park. But yeah, yeah, I would, I would definitely believe it. Um, hmm. So if it was me drawing something, I kind of want to draw Dana escaping. She's got a lamp, flashlight. She's walking through these sewers and catacombs and narrow underground alleyways and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like that scene. I think it went on for way too long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like they could have done some plot in that point, but I, I am a sucker for drawing people sneaking into dark places, dark, narrow passageways. Like um, with Batman's with Gordon looking behind Joker's oh, cell yeah. or uh, Hellblazer. I got to do it a lot, which is fun. A lot of excuse to use black creatively and all yeah. of a half day of work, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like that scene. Um, I, I, I really like it when they put characters through the paces and they, they put her through quite a few paces in that scene where they're, yeah. uh, you know, dumping her into raw sewage and, and ha- attacking her. Yeah. With ra- the only thing though, and this speaks to the, what we had talked about before is like, generally, if you're going to do that to a character in a story, there has to be a point, a point to it. So like they're literally going through to get mm-hmm. Campbell in here. Uh, they're literally going through the underworld with the with the intention of coming out stronger on the other side, and mm-hmm. so to have her not either yeah. dump Terry completely or mm-hmm. demand some sort of answer that res- that results in him telling her that he's Batman, it feels mm-hmm. like a, it feels like just you know torture for torture's sake. Yeah. But uh, I do I did like that they gave her something to do finally, even though yeah. you know it's a little damsel in distress it, it's it's right on the, the the line for me between yeah they spend so much time with her that it doesn't totally feel like she's a damsel in distress kind of thing but then ultimately she doesn't really do a ton to facilitate yeah. the, the climax of the story like the the resolution she's and stuff, not, so when she sneaks away she gets caught and she's right back where she started so i mean right. if she had at least like reached a window and like put up some kind of a weird symbol for someone to see and then got caught. And then that's what led Batman to her. Like that would have been a little better. Or um, when Batman does show up, he does grab like a hockey stick on fire and sort of, she does some empowering stuff. But yeah. Most of she's true. just a damn yeah. in distress. Yeah. I was thinking if you have to fight off a horde of rats, a hockey stick is actually a pretty good weapon. Cause you can just slap yeah. shot those bitches across the room pretty easily. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one, honestly. That or like a, a rake, like a yard rake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, big, a big one of those big brooms, those big wide brooms. <laughs> yeah, like janitors use. Maybe the ones yeah. you don't even have to lift up. You just push it lazily yeah. across the basketball floor. Yeah. Because rats beat can't that, jump over that. Beat that, rats. <laughs> or Zamboni, but with blood. Has that ever been that done in, be... a, in a horror movie? Oh, I'm sure it must have. My uh, yeah. my friend has a story that he told me that I always told him I was going to steal if I was ever on a, a, a talk show. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, <laughs> I may have told the story on the show before because I told this story to your wife the first night that we went out for yes. dinner at the yeah, apprenticeship. Yep. Yeah, and it involves my friend 
um, accidentally riding over a family of bunnies in a lawnmower and um, yep. turning turning behind him to see just blood and fur splattered on the high grass behind him. Yep. And uh, I learned I think your wife and I learned a lot about each other after I told that story. So, yeah, she was just horrified. And the irony was he was trying to drive around the single bunny, but in yes. doing so, he murdered the family. Yes. Yeah. So, if you want to look on the bright side, maybe he creates a bunny vigilante. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe that bunny yeah, grew up like, to be Batman bunny. Right. Yeah. Who's that uh, bunny ninja? Uh, Yojimbo? Oh, yeah. Usagi Yojimbo. Yeah. Maybe uh, that's yeah, who that go. bunny became. And yeah. then when they finally have their confrontation, my friend can be like, look what I did for you. I turned you into the amazing fighter that you are. You should be thanking me. And then so the your friend says, is the super villain. Is he still on a riding lawnmower at this point? Um, great question. I mean, probably it's probably the future now, so it probably floats or like hovers or something. Yeah, but, it's got uh, lasers on the bottom to shoot the grass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta write this down. This is a good story. Anyway, uh, I I would draw the fight. Um, yep. Yeah. What do you, What do you think about Rat Boy? Do you, are you do you, not fleshed no. out too well? Yeah, he sucks. He yeah. reminded me of the um, the Rat King um, in uh, TAS, yeah. like just yes. the worst version of that. Yeah, yeah. Also, I was thinking, um, uh, I feel like the fumes from that uh, uh, exploded toxic waste spewing yeah. up through the the sewer grates of Gotham City is not probably going to be great for anybody. But yeah, that's like a major disaster i mean think about the containment and the people who have to be evacuated from that part of the city and like how long do you wait until it's safe i mean that yeah yeah that's bad yeah batman um the the terry mcginnis batman not taking a lot of safety precautions into account which is uh uh what we are going to talk about a bit more in the next episode Uh, Mm um what would you give this one would you rate it i'm gonna go two yeah, I think I I think I'm. Hmm. It's one of those ones that's tough because I think there's a lot of potential, but they just don't do anything. Like the pieces are there. Mad yeah. Stan is there doing all the heavy lifting. Uh, yeah, I hate to give Rollins a two in anything he does, but he yeah. does a lot of bad media. He does mostly <laughs> bad media, actually, <laughs> other than a spoken word. <laughs> he put he he's great as every time he's cast to play a muscle-headed SWAT guy, which seems to be often. He's, he's part of the, he's the head of the TNT team in Bad Boys 2, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember. That's like the only reason I watched that movie at first. But uh, oh, It's so good. Obviously. Anyway. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I went back and corrected that mistake. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm going to... Mm, I'm going to say low three. Because mm-hmm. there's stuff in it I like, but it's very... Uh, it's not quite there, but yeah. I enjoyed watching it, I guess. Um, so, yeah, not that our ratings mean anything. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with Mind Games. Okay, Mind Games, written by Alan Burnett, 
directed by Butch Lukic. And in this one, Terry has, has mysterious visions of a young girl asking him for help. His search for her leads him into, into confrontation with a group of people with incredible psychic powers known as the Brain Trust. Okay, so that is not correct, but that is what I was thinking was happening, which is why the end of this episode was so confusing to me as to why they don't just catch Batman immediately, because I thought everybody had psychic powers, but it's just the girl. Yeah, it's like Umbrella Academy, but he befriends Wednesday Adams. Yeah, she's she's definitely looks like Wednesday Adams, and I but I couldn't track. I thought everybody had psychic because even the the big so the uh, the floaty albino guy, yeah. he clearly has psychic power mind powers because he's making uh, Terry yeah, think that he's in an anime cartoon, and uh, the big blonde guy. Bruce says it's like a shaman. It's mind over matter, like shamans who walk on hot coals, which apparently lets you survive thirty-story falls onto concrete. I thought he was yeah. a robot. Like when he was showing off his strength, I'm like, this guy has to be. I thought it was the uh, the card gang people at first. Oh sure, yeah, very similar, yeah. Yeah, and he was like the faceless robot guy or something. Yeah. But the he looks woman, like He Man in a suit, by the way. He does. Sorry, he ahead. does have He Man hair, yeah. But the <laughs> woman apparently has no mind mind powers. She just blows stuff up like Gambit. Unless the idea is that her mind power is that she blows stuff up like Gambit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't right? know. I don't think it's psychic at all. Yeah, I think they're just a mix of like uh, mutants, basically. It's like the Xavier, the X Men, bad evil X Men, and. One of the youngest girl needs to be saved by Batman. I guess because I mean the only way I can square it is if if all of their powers are are uh, mind over matter type things, but they just mm-hmm. do all do different stuff. Yeah. So like, I mean, there there is a way where she doesn't know who Batman is. It, she you could write some like fictional kung fu where you're like, all right, so she speaking to someone that she she can find the person that she spoke to. Uh, indirect, like by sending out her spirit, but she doesn't actually know who she's talking to. Like she mm-hmm. might, you could write it so that she doesn't actually know a secret identity if you wanted. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I, um, what did you, what did you think of what did you think of this one overall? I liked it. I thought it was well paced. It was interesting. Um, I liked that the music wasn't all the typical Batman Beyond guitar shit. Like when he fought uh, floaty Ben Franklin. They had some like, oh, like, oh, 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 like really crazy, like the devils of the the doors of hell are opening, which was like, oh man, this is nice. Like finally, this feels like TAS where they give the villains their own specific sound. Yeah, um, yeah, and even like in the uh, t- Terry afterwards was feeling he had a sad moment, and it wasn't the normal like sad saxophone cyber <laughs> music that they tried it. It was actually just something normal. I'm like, oh my god, maybe they got like a different composer this time. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely going four out of five on this one. Four. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I don't know if I would go four. I I did. I really liked the animation during the fight with the the floaty guy. I thought that yeah. was really cool. It was definitely very anime influenced. Mm-hmm. Um, they did some cool stuff. Uh, I had some. Again, I. I found myself thinking uh, Terry launches that guy, the b- big blonde guy, out of the window and makes no attempt to save him. And yep. then he just falls 30 stories 
and hits the ground very hard. Yeah, if he could have tried, and the guy would be too heavy or something because he's a superhero of some kind. And then later at the end of the episode, he drops a shipping crate on the woman, which uh, (laughs) I just... I just don't think Terry is taking into account how strong he is. You know what's funny is I thought, oh, crate on the head. It's a bonk moment. Like, oh, she got bonked in the head. Now she's unconscious. But it's a pretty big crate, and it hits yeah. her pretty hard. It doesn't roll yeah. off of her, and her hand is there pretty – like, it's pretty. she looks pretty dead, actually. <laughs> yeah, they, they do the cartoon thing where they make sure to add in a, a, a – uh, so you can tell that she's still alive. Yeah. But uh, when he dropped that thing on her, it's like, Jesus, Terry, did – yeah. So Bruce Bruce should be teaching you lesson number one about being Batman here. Jeez. Yeah, man. You got to hold back, dude. Yeah. Um, and, you know, also because the girl takes on more meaning later on in the Justice League, I think it gets unfair oh, bonus points. Is she part of the future Justice League team? I think so. Oh, The cool. moment she, she dies on the swing set. Oh, that's her? I thought... Okay, I I mean I just know the I know the uh, the image just from the yeah. people use that all the time when they're talking about Batman. I, I don't I don't know the the context of it really, but yeah, cool. Wow, I'm look it up. I don't want to be wrong. Wait, you do you talk? Let me look it up just to I be will sure talk. here. Uh, yeah, this I I liked seeing Terry and Max work together, um, especially after a Dana episode. And it's another reason why I wish they had done more with their relationship in the last. Obviously, I know these things are not built to be serialized, but um, showing Max and Terry out ostensibly on a date, even though it's for work, is a good uh, counterpoint to what's been going on with Dana and him constantly standing her up. And so if you were going to lean into some sort of love triangle i think you could but i don't know if they're going to do that i thought max looked great in dress again it just reinforced my belief that she's way way cooler of a chick to date than dana is yeah also i uh i had to look up lobster thermidor because i thought it was fake i thought it was just something they made up for the show but it is a real food so oh, yeah no it, it looks yeah, very I, expensive yeah i I've, I've had that how is it is it any good yeah it's overpriced yeah um <laughs> Uh, lately, my I'm getting really annoyed with uh, pretentious restaurants lately. We can talk about mm-hmm. that later, but I, I'm just starting to draw a line with some of these places, and Lobster Thurpador is probably on my list of things I'm going to stop eating. Not that I eat yeah. it that much anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, every time I come to your house, you offer it to me, but I've just never taken you up on it, and then you just throw it in the trash. Yeah. All right, so her name's Tamara. And... Tamara. It's got to be like a bunch of episodes that she's in. Mystery Powers. Oh, that's not her. Fuck. Oh, it's not? Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad I corrected that now. It looks like her. I mean, that would have been cool if it was. I thought that yeah. she was part of um the the, the card game, the card gang. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. In that Justice League episode. Um, so I'm like, oh, this is. Oh, so Ace is the other person, I think. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so I'm correct. But you know what? Their eyes are exactly the same, and the hair, they look exactly the same. That's why yeah, I was confused, yeah. so it's not my fault. <clears throat> she, Royal Flush um, Gang. Adamus. Okay. This this episode has a weird ending, too, um, because I feel like the uh, 
the place that it leaves her is not entirely um, comforting mm-hmm. because at the she seems extremely powerful, first yeah. of all. And then when they get to the end, uh, Terry says, oh, yeah, no, the authorities took her. They said they're going to bring her somewhere where she can learn how to use her powers and they're going to take care of her. And I was like, man, Terry, have you never seen E.T. or any movie Firestarter, anything. She is mm-hmm. being dissected right now by the government. Wait, so it is the same character. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, so Tamara was a child born to poor parents in Gotham. Brain trust, bombshell, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think she eventually becomes ace. Yeah. Matilda... I'm 90% sure. So if people want to come in and correct me, that's fine. Um, but yeah, the reason that she's not listed on any future episodes is because she doesn't make an appearance until Justice League. Oh, okay. Right? Uh, Maybe you should look it up too. Now I'm, I'm, I'm looking up Ace on the Yeah, I googled know, Batman Beyond Wiki. Tamara and Ace. Ace and Tamara similarities. So there's an article here. Oh, boy by a fan so i guess that means they're so, not the so they're same, not the same similar so here's what someone wrote uh telekinetic flowers same creepy eye burnett and they both met batman but would have believed they were sisters if they weren't born a lot years apart and both of them kind of <laughs> have the same story only ace died well anyway just thought i would pair them up but yeah they are not the same character according to this person oh, okay. with perfect spelling <clears throat> yeah I, I that makes sense because if she's in Justice yeah. League, th- technically Justice League takes place way before Batman Beyond. Yeah, sorry. That's another good point. Yeah. Okay, well, we just waste people's five minutes that's, of people's that's time. That's what they come here for, man. That's what they come here for. Hey, man, we're like Batman. Cint- we do investigations. Scintillating, scintillating Googling about <laughs> Batman characters that we got wrong. Um, yeah, I liked her as a character. I, I, uh, I, I, it's too bad she doesn't come back because I think there's some fun stuff. You, could, it's. I wonder if she was a jumping-off point for this Ace character. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's funny. There's a lot of like gothy young girls who need help in Batman's universe. Um, going back to Clayface when he split off from himself and became a little girl, mm-hmm. Robin, and now these two—they're all very like tragic-looking goth chicks who need help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I never mind. I'm gonna keep that one for myself. Talk Just about to... that some other time. <laughs> Put it in the text chain, man. Wait yeah, to be the, no, the joke was... surgeon. No, I was gonna it was gonna be something about a story that I wanted to do, but it's neither here nor there, so I'll I'll hold on to that one. Yeah. Um Yeah, uh what would I draw in this one? What did you did you did you say what you would draw for this? No. Um shit. You go ahead. Oh, I would draw the fight with Ben Franklin. Um, I was thinking the same thing, yeah. Yeah, I don't know about drawing all the dust and smoke and stuff. That's kind of a pain in the ass. But when the um, the, the knife comes out of the cane and Batman is fighting an object, that could be a cool challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I liked um, how they were... It was a little bit less realistic and they were letting a reality stretch a little bit. I think mm-hmm. that would be fun to do. Yeah. Um, that. Ben Franklin guy was pretty pretty weird. I think that would be kind of fun to draw. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. 
Um, so do you think there – I've noticed that there in the show is a a number of family-based uh, – or I should say, yeah, kind of family-based gangs or groups. You've got the Royal Flush Gang hmm. who are all literal family. And then this is sort of similar where it's – you've got these – archetypal familiar roles where you've got a one guy who's basically the dad one guy who's yeah. basically the mom one guy yeah. who's basically like a grandfather and then this little girl mm. do you think there's anything to that in this show like are they are they trying to thematically give us something to chew on or are they just lazy yeah i don't know like what's the get by leaning into the family theme over and over where they just, yeah, especially just not when they, attention especially when they don't really lean into the family thing with uh Terry that much I mean I guess you could say they do with him and Bruce yeah but it's not quite the same I mean I guess that maybe that's what it is that's what the I guess the dynamic is similar because he keeps meeting these younger villains mm. who are being um, <clears throat> directed around by their older villain uh, family members mm. so maybe that's what it is yeah yeah I don't I don't know man it's, I feel like with the original series, there was they were trying to take every episode pretty seriously. Even when they dropped the ball, most of the time they did a really respectable job. And I feel with this series, half the team is just cashing paychecks and like, yeah, whatever, Terry's doing this. Ah, we'll have an episode about Dana. That'll be fun. What's she going to do? I don't know. Rat kid with toxic waste under the... Under the, the street, we'll, we'll, great. We'll, Green th- light. we'll throw we'll throw in the trash for five minutes. People will love it. <laughs> what if she pulls up her skirt and touches her boobs? Ooh, <laughs> Green light. I don't know. I just feel like half this. It's the- just realism. <laughs> We're trying to put more realism into the show by yeah. showing a girl fix her boobs. It's no like, big deal. Like Sorry, half Rick, of them Rick seem Berman like they're out, came to, out the to lunch room for a minute there. It's funny. I've yeah, been listening it, to your other podcast, and your Rick Berman and your uh, your brand manager similar. run very similar to each other. <laughs> yeah, Rick Berman uh, brand manager is a lot more clearly from Brooklyn. Uh, mm-hmm. Rick Berman is just uh, creepier. Is the same voice, but more creepy. Yeah, it's the only voice I have. I think so. <laughs> I um. So I wrapped up my book recently, and I let people know that I'm not sure if I'm going to be coming back for more Batman after this. So started getting a lot of uh, messages from people, maybe like like 300 in the last two days. Um, oh, wow. A ton from readers who are listening right now who um, are like, oh, I love your podcast. Uh, I did this other one recently with my friend Birch about money stuff. So that got a lot of attention. Um, but uh, yeah, I, a lot of people who are big fans of this show and definitely let me know recently. So, you know, thank you. They say we're very good at podcasts. We have very good podcast presence. I guess we're oh. pretty good at like passing the ball back and forth and measured and clear. And, you know, I don't know. It just takes a certain kind of disposition to be entertaining on these things. Um, and I guess you and I have it. I think you have it more because you have a better voice uh, for this sort of thing than I do. <laughs> and I'm just like your, I'm just your co, your, your co-pilot, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm happy. Um, thank you everyone for listening. And I'm happy that we lived up to your expectations by giving you three minutes of silence and, and, going uh while we googled character names so i think that's part of the authenticity man (laughs) (laughs) 
no that's awesome i i always i really i love it at conventions and stuff when when people stop by and, and say they listen to the show yeah. and I, I i think it i think it works as a a nice kind of side by side with your book as well because you know we're cut we're covering tangential territory so it's a little bit of uh, extra material and you know, yeah. you're always talking about the making of the book and stuff like that so yeah. it's it gives the people a lot of stuff to chew on i hope yeah, I wondered if I should like screen cap more of these or send you links or something just so I, t- I probably hear about more uh, positive feedback from listeners than you do just because, you know, I have a higher profile, I guess. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like you should you should know that a lot of people really do reach out to me and they say they really they really like it. So yeah, I guess That's we're doing awesome. something right. I hope we don't feel like we're losing momentum because even though I'm finished with Beyond, I still want to like keep the energy going through the rest of this podcast plus the next series of beyond and then figure out what we do next yeah yeah we'll just have to spitball a fake book that you're not actually making and just tease that for three years yeah <laughs> exactly finally my gambit hot pink is coming to life nutrition <laughs> yeah it, well i mean it's a, it's a short series too it's only three three seasons yeah yeah that's good and then you know depending on what may does or doesn't happen at the end of the last issue of your book right. maybe we come back and do justice league who's to yeah, say yeah i just posted this thing the other day uh now that i'm done i've got like a minute to like reflect and stuff and i posted this um on instagram a link of a bunch of different thoughts just strewn together and um you know i i tried to be humble but i you know when you point out that the book's doing well that it, you know people could probably see he was being arrogant or whatever um, but I talked about the criticism that the book gets. I'm not sure if I should have done that or not, because maybe it just seems insecure, which I'm not. But I basically laid out and said, the people who like this book generally put it in like their top 10 Batman books of all time. Like There's a lot of love for White Knight, but the people who don't like it really don't like it. This, it's a very divisive type of book. And I noticed mm-hmm. that the criticism really falls into two categories. One is they just don't agree with the premise. They don't like that so many things are changed they don't think that Gotham would ever forgive Joker um they don't like the you know Harley Joker sorry Harley yeah Harley Ivy isn't in it it's Harley and Bruce and you know the order of the Robins Jesus Christ the amount of people that like claim (laughs) Sean doesn't know what he's doing and like I can't admit more that I I did have a a screwed up and caught it but then I chose to go with it we talked about that a lot yeah yeah so I'm like you know I I know I don't see a lot of these comments generally I get like 95 percent positive even when I'm yeah doom scrolling on Twitter I'd be to say people are mostly pretty kind um but I never fire back because I'm not on Twitter anymore and I thought you know what I'm just I feel like the source of information the power of my information is much more, more more powerful than some idiot tweeting that Sean's a dumbass writer because he doesn't know the order of the Robins. So I'm like, I'm going to mm-hmm. actually defend myself for once because I haven't really done that for a few years. And I said, yeah, the reason people don't like it is generally falls into two categories. One is they don't get the premise. They don't believe the premise at all. So they're never going to be won over, which is fine. And, you know, I respect that. And I don't think every book is for every person, of course. But the second part of it was, I think a lot of people, it's political. I think some people... Uh, get triggered by the title White Knight. Some mm-hmm. just can't not view the book through the culture war lens. Whether they see it as me being a cop apologist or me being an SJW who's trying to force diversity by making Robin black or Asian or making Terry half Asian. 
Um, I just get equal shit from both sides. It's really no fun being in the center because, like, no one online really defends you because you need to be extreme one way or the other if you want a gang. And if you're trying to ride the center, there's no gang for you because your gang is a bunch of normies who are busy and don't have time to post bullshit on Twitter, <laughs> you know? So mm. um, I put it on my uh, story on Instagram because I'm like, ah, this will be gone in 24 hours. So if I say anything stupid, you know, it'll... <laughs> It'll go away, blah, blah, blah. And within an hour, CBR screen captured everything and posted two, Holy shit. two articles about it. Um, wow. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, guys, slow news day. Jesus Christ. Um, and I'm not, I don't know. I guess I get in a soapboxy mood every now and then, but I generally don't like the limelight in that way. And I'm happy to be off of Twitter. But I guess when I do make a statement, it's just like, everyone listens which i guess is a compliment but i also don't love that people then try to take me out of context um wow i just looked the, it up and yeah they they really did they screen capped the entire thing two separate writers i mean they must have i don't know how it works do writers call and be like oh i've got the scoop of the day or blah blah blah, blah. and honestly now like if i was bleeding cool and i just wanted to trash white knight i could say oh sean's so insecure because he did this this and that like that's a very good clickbaity article that's going to get traffic whether it's true or not mm -hmm. it's just the nature of it i understand that um yeah but the thing that i said to defend myself is like i go on to amazon reviews and to goodreads and like i have like 90 percent or higher reviews i'm very happy to have that um so i always look at that as the real measure of success not just the bunch of trolls on twitter who want to dunk on me for whatever reason you know um yeah yeah but then i looked and i realized most comics on amazon have a 90 percent percent because people only give it good reviews <laughs> if they like it so that's kind of dumb that i threw that in to, to pat myself on the back however goodreads is more legit and i noticed this the grades are a lot more up and down you can't have a stinker on goodreads yeah. so if you're doing well on goodreads then you should feel good yeah i think most of those amazon reviews just say five stars arrived on time yeah <laughs> yeah so you know yeah. uh yeah no yeah it's uh, that's the thing about comics right you, you it is a um it's a public facing career but we spend most of it insularly by ourselves so it's 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 a strange entertainment field to be in because uh there really is so little feedback until basically the thing is done Mm -hmm. and even then it's uh it's it's a weird th it's a weird thing to try and navigate because i think probably this applies to any creative field where you spend however many months or years of your life working on something and then yeah. you put it out and people either love it but then there's a lot of people who just go this was terrible yeah uh i want my two hours back and you go two hours that's all you spent oh jeez. yeah yeah i was so, talking yeah i mean I go ahead. no go ahead I was talking to Mark Millar on his podcast too. I did a lot of two really big, high-profile podcasts in the last month that got me a lot of attention. A lot of it negative from other YouTubers and comicscape people, or all types really. Um, mm -hmm. One was about talking about money and all that, and then was the other was talking to to Millar, which we covered a lot of similar um, discussions. And he was saying that. Um, it's like, man, I think like the, the 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 outrage online is starting to get better. I think that the companies are starting to realize that, you know, two thousand pissed off people on Twitter doesn't mean you have two thousand angry paying customers. You know, like outrage right. isn't equal to loss of sales. We should probably be ignoring some of this noise, which you know I've been saying for a long time. 
Um, so Mark thinks that we're like starting to get out of it, which is great. And I hope he's right. Um, and then he said that he thinks the last five years has been the most shameful and disturbing black mark on the comics industry ever. He thinks mm. that it's like Red Scare, McCarthyism, and he, the hyenas, he would call them. People who go online on, on both sides trying to like take, re, you know, cancel people, find dirt on them, try to wrap them and screenshot and whatever it is. Like he thinks like, I think one day there are going to be documentaries made on this era, the last five years. I think we should be ashamed or and letting these people control us like they have because there's really only, you know, less than 200 people that are really involved with this crap on both sides and have any kind of traction at all. And I said, man, Mark, I mean, you, 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 you're working for Netflix. You have an exclusive one. Why can't that be the next Millar movie is a documentary about the last five years. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it would be a bad idea for a lot of political reasons, but I'd, I'd watch the shit out of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been a really fascinating kind of, uh, up and down for, various reasons uh some of them more warranted than others yeah um but yeah i that's that's the thing that's tough about about social media is that when you when you're in it it feels like the most intense uh frontline battle you've ever been in yeah but if when you kind of take a step back you realize this is the same kind of 100 200 Mm. 500 people just arguing all the time it's the same people it's just it's the loudest people yeah and And, i'm not i'm not discounting their opinion because you're welcome to have that mm -hmm. but uh it does i think it does skew i i think the the place things started to get uh go in the wrong direction not just for comics but for everywhere when articles and like quote-unquote news started citing tweets as mm. part of the news source yeah where it's like look at all yeah. these people talking about this thing and it's like okay you if you're reading an article and you have yeah. five tweets about this then oh yeah it seems like people are talking about it but yeah even the new uh, york times does that now it's it's insane yeah. journalism they is, do it for movies yeah when movies come out instant where they used to have two thumbs up from roger ebert now it has like this movie's this movie's bomb from uh mm. jjx 6969 or whatever yeah yeah, I don't get – it's so transparent when gotcha sites who want to dunk on movies clearly use all caps and say crash or words like woke or garbage yeah. or like free yeah. Larson's fired, like whatever. And even ones that claim to try to be fair and nuanced, if that's what you're leading with to get people to click, you're already lost. You're already biased. Yeah. You're already a shill, honestly. And you can be a shill either way. Um, yeah. not on anyone's side but it's like I don't get why people they must see through it but they must just like clicking on it because it's like comfort food they like hearing their own thoughts shot back out at them they like just to hear the same crap I mean the ones in comics it's like they're obsessed with the same six liberal names in comics and I won't name them but anytime you can put a photo of a link to the, or a photo of a tweet or a photo of their face and draw them with like big eyes dripping tears or make them look stupid yeah. it's like they these people are not working in comics anymore those five characters they talk about are working on books no one cares about or are out of comics it's like take a victory lap what the fuck you know like 
if you want to be proud, like if you want to say like go woke, go, go broke, you could make an argument that that is what happened to them, honestly. Um, and they're I don't know. It's like they don't want it to stop because that's what they need to keep fueling their hate fire. You know? Yeah. It's like, the, that's the thing. That's yeah. you just kind of hit it. Is people just like being angry? Yeah. I mean, it's like some people, not everybody, but some people just like being angry. I think taking a victory lap would feel good. I don't, and again, I don't agree with them, but if I had a purpose like that, and I'm like, we won, we won, I would feel good, and then I would shut my computer down and move on to something else. I wouldn't want to yeah. keep, you know, <laughs> marinating in the same shitty soup over and over, and that's what they're doing. It's like, oh my god, they need this to keep happening because they're selling outrage. And if they take a victory lap, they're admitting that the problem is starting to go away, and now they've got nothing to sell. And that is so exactly. transparent in yeah. these communities. And I don't know if they don't see it or what, but it's just, it's really gross. Yeah. To, to, to quote Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, they just like talking to salesmen. Oh. That's, that's, that's it. It's a two-way street. Oh, the people always. like being angry and the people have to be, put angry stuff up to keep yeah. their, you know, it's, 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 it's unfortunate because yeah. it's not healthy. But Always be selling, right? Always be angry. Always be closing. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, shit. Yeah, I guess that's why you didn't last as a salesman. That's why you didn't win the. That's why why you didn't get the steak knives or the Corvette or whatever with Cadillac. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Did you did you follow what was going on with that Joker story for, like the past week? Is the the dumbest. Uh, yeah, there's a few uh, outrage. That was one of them. Another is a mosque that came to life that had no gender in a Spider-Man book. Did you see that one? No, I didn't see that one. Okay, well, we'll try to recap them. So you go first with the, the pregnant Joker. Yeah, so uh, it became a big outrage because there was a backup story in this Joker book that was, the story is very irreverent and off the wall, and there's a sequence where uh, Joker seemingly becomes pregnant and then pukes up a clayface baby that turns into a clayface Joker, which I think is objectively hilarious, but it got uh, hooked into... By all these people, as it was on Fox News, yeah. they were talking about, oh, now the Joker is pregnant, and like yeah. that was about as far as they could get with it because nobody yeah. read the story and knew the context of it. They didn't but even it cover just... it correctly. That's the thing. Like, right? Yeah, I don't like Fox, yeah. but if you're going to pretend to be real journalists, you should at least read the thing and get the information right. And they failed to do that, and of course, a lot of networks failed to do that on both sides. Yeah, but it was just like it, it was such a dumb thing to get worked up about regardless yeah. of your angle on it because yeah. it's like if you don't like the story that's fine but it's just it's yeah. it's intentionally if you re, if you are aware of the kind of story that that is mm-hmm. a part of this is not like a main continuity thing where now the joker can get physically like even if it was who gives yeah. a shit but like it's it was just the dumbest thing i've seen people get mad about in a long time yeah. And we've had some dumb stuff lately, but but if you if I was the manager of PR or marketing whatever and saw that come through, I would say, just so you guys know, this is going to be some really easy bait for the quote unquote other side to sure dunk on us and laugh at us. Like, yes, it is a nuanced story. I don't see anything wrong with it. Comics has done a lot of silly things over the years. I don't think it's necessarily a comment on transgender or blah blah blah. That is what they're going to do to bend it, and they're going to dunk on us, and they're going to make us look stupid. So is it worth putting it out? Like, I don't believe in censoring art just because you think something's going to make you look dumb. But I, I definitely could have seen this coming. Whether it was worth avoiding or not, it's up to you, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that's so stupid about it, though, is like, 
yeah. it's so granular now that something like this, as yeah. silly as this, needs to be vetted through that lens. Mm-hmm. And it's just, come on, guys. Yeah. It's, a, it's a Batman story where the Joker pukes up a clay face baby. Yeah. <laughs> so the other one is, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to get this mostly wrong. So let's just assume that 75% of what I'm saying is mostly right. But path and be corrected. Okay. So is a Miss Marvel book from Marvel. And she is something, some, some the villain of the story blasts a mosque in New York City. And the mosque becomes a monster that's crawling from building to building. So the a mosque, a literal building grows arms and legs and a face and turns into a building like God and starts, you know, climbing around like Godzilla. And there are people okay. in the mosque uh, who are worshiping who are, who you think would be terrified. And they're like, oh, uh, and they, they refer to the mosque as brother this or brother that. And the mosque's response is, how dare you gender me? You don't know if I'm male or female. And he refers mm-hmm. himself as like the uh, New Jersey something, like a New Jersey mosque or something really oh sure non-gendered, whatever. I, they, they, yeah. was, they, they made an acronym. Um, and it was really dumb and silly and like there's so many reasons why that's what the fuck are you guys doing for a a, a spider and spider-man shows up miles morales um mm-hmm. it's like no one i mean a lot of the posts that i see of one shots of panels it's like they're purposefully taking it out of context just to have content to get mad at but that mo- mm-hmm. that mosque one was as dumb as it sounds. It's like, guys, how, what are you? This is not doing Muslims any favors. It's not doing us any favors. It's not doing Miss Marvel any favors. No, Spider Man any favors. Like this helps no one, and no one's buying this. It's stupid. And then to squeeze in like transgenderism to like, what the fuck is this? Like it's worth looking at. I don't know. Maybe there's an aspect of it I'm missing, but from what I can see, it's it's pretty silly. <laughs> Yeah, it's an interesting choice. I, I I pulled it up. I'm I'm looking at it right now. There you go. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, you uh? Can you read what the uh worshippers inside the mosque are saying? Uh, it says, "Excuse me, brother mosque," and then the mosque responds with, "Why do you automatically assume I'm a brother and not a sister?" I mean, I guess it's a fair question because it is a <laughs> a mosque who has come to life. But I would be like, "Hey, can Ravi screw my ass off?" I'd be probably jumping out and throwing myself to my death or wondering like i wouldn't start thinking about politically using the politically correct way to refer to how to address a building like what's going on i mean you got you got to be kind to the building that you're is climbing up the empire state building with you inside of it they're trying to they're Mm -hmm. trying to open a dialogue and they're just trying to talk to them in an appropriate way sure man yeah if it's your cup of tea (laughs) awesome you want to be a mosque apologist that came out wrong what an interesting (laughs) What an interesting story. Yeah. Uh, so that's the other one huh. that came out. And I yeah. I am more down with like, yeah, that, that one is a little bit weird. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know why this stuff is worth fighting about. Well, I think like it's, you said, it's just, it gets so, it's it gets so granular and things just, everything yeah. turns into uh, content, right. angry, well, angry content. I think the broader discussion is, People are worried the industry is is not doing well right now and sales mm-hmm. are going down. And one thing they point to being the reason is quality. And it's they you know point out a bad book and say this is the reason why comics are failing. And of course it's not that simple. But 
the less silly stories come out, it's probably better for us if they don't come out. So like, I do see the point of pointing this out, honestly, to, to some degree, um, you know, people would love if X-Men bred like 1992 X-Men and for whatever reason, Marvel refuses to give people what they want, you know? And meanwhile, they're charging five bucks a book when you can get $5 buys you 200 of pages of anime. Sorry. Uh, hent- uh, hent- uh, manga. All right. <laughs> I love that you know the market price of hentai. I pay per tentacle. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, like I think it's a fair discussion to be like, hey, guys, are we really doing everything we can to make these Western comics sell? Like, if we're going to have a mosque monster, can we try to make it somewhat better of a book that people want to pay five bucks for? Or is it going to be something ridiculous that's going to get caught up in the culture war? You know, like we want to avoid making mistakes like that and... Yeah, like I, as far as the larger concern, I do get what people are getting at, but you're not—you're also not wrong in what you just pointed out. And like, why are we getting bogged down in this silly minutia? That's also a fair point. Yeah, and I mean, the X Men thing is a tough—is tough because yes, obviously X Men sold incredibly well in the early '90s, but like the X Men that led up to that was not exactly free from uh, uh, politics and social concerns. You know, like mm-hmm. Claremont wrote. 20 years worth of, of uh, pretty politic heavy X-Men that was is right. the reason why it sold so well when it did in the 90s. Well, one of the reasons anyway. But. I think the criticism is that the X-Men is like almost unrecognizable of what anyone wants. It's sure. where is a classic team? It can be men and women. I don't think the people who are complaining generally, I don't think they're sexist at all. I think a lot of them are pretty fair and we're not getting what we want. Like Avatar two came out, it's not going to win any uh, awards for script, but it's a big, dumb, splashy, fun action movie. That's that's all people want. Like they pro- gave you exactly what you wanted. They listened and they delivered. You know, definitely, definitely no political messages in that. In yeah, well, there's that. I don't think people are turned <laughs> off. I don't think it's like the overt messaging necessarily I, I know that it's part yeah. of it too for people well that's what they claim but i do think that like mm-hmm. it just doesn't look or feel like an x-men book at all i mean when you have a whole sure. uh, yeah. run that takes place in a, as a fashion show on an island it's like what what that's not forget about the politics and all that and the amount of female characters and lgbtqs you're injecting in that idea of a fashion show arc just doesn't sound like something anyone wants to pay money for like what are you guys doing i think the right and left both agree on that you know we, mm. it's just not recognizable like even the yeah, arcs I mean, before tough. that were recognizable as X Men. So we stop talking. Yeah, it's tough though because I, I mean, I, I haven't read that, so it might read better than it sounds. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I tried to get into, I did try to get into X Men when they, when they revamped it a mm-hmm. couple of years ago, and I, it was, I, I think X Men's problem is a little bit deeper than just that. I think there's just too much continuity at this point, mm-hmm. and it's very difficult to, to, to jump in. But I mean, I know I'm being specific about what your larger point is but it's fine <clears throat> x-men is x-men's a tough nut to crack i think because yeah. it is probably one of the most the, one of the books that has the most continuity mm-hmm. and unless you are going i mean there's a reason why ultimate x-men did so well it's mm-hmm. because they didn't have any baggage and they could just start from the ground up yeah um but when you're dealing with 60 70 years worth of continuity it's just it's it's a difficult to find new stuff to do mm-hmm. and b difficult to get new readers in. But I know you're saying that this is in even people who are longtime readers. And I would yeah. say, yeah, I, I had a difficult time 
I tried to jump on when they started doing uh, uh, the the new stuff, and I just I couldn't I couldn't yeah. crack it. And yeah. you know, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I it is it is an interesting uh, era of trying. I think I think part of it is is I mm. think that because of the way things are going in the comic industry, people are just the industry itself is just trying to figure out what the next thing that will work is yeah like i i think that's the, i think that's part of the issue is it's it is not really sure where what space comics should exist in mm-hmm. at this point and so trying some stuff some stuff works some stuff doesn't yeah. um and but i think i think i think the companies are 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 searching as much as the readers are searching if if that makes sense yeah i i agree I think this the thing that they're looking for is a technology fix or an upgrade, a technology upgrade, some kind of acknowledgement of digital being the future, a price mm-hmm. point fix, uh, putting it in the right kind of stores, reaching out. I think the problems aren't necessarily the content of the books. I think it's sure. a marketing problem, and it's like it's oh, like, I would I would definitely agree. Yeah, yeah the competition. It's the, the boring stuff is probably what needs to be fixed. However, bad content doesn't help either. So, you know. You know, so I went to see with uh, our, our buddy Joe, I went to see Shin, uh, Shin Ultraman the mm-hmm. other day. And uh, before the movie, before the movie started, there was like a five-minute ad mm-hmm. for Ultraman comics, Ultraman shows, everything you could possibly want that involved Ultraman, they basically had ads for before the movie started. And Joe actually turned to me and he was like, I wish they would do this with all the Marvel movies or all the comic book movies. It's just do like an ad for, for comics before the movie starts. And I was like, yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. Or I don't know. Put a a giant QR code up on the screen. Everyone could take a picture of it and you immediately have a comic to read on your way out the door. That costs almost nothing. Low. Yeah, they're not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I mean, when you get into, yeah, I think part of it is this might be completely incorrect. So, yep. I, I apologize. But Hit me with it, man. Let's I, do it. I, no, I was just gonna. I, I feel like maybe stuff like the Ultraman stuff is all controlled by the same company. So, like, they have a little bit more, and not that Marvel isn't, but, like, mm-hmm. movies and comics, obviously, are two completely different things at this point. And even though they're owned by the same company, uh, overarching company. So, I wonder if it's easier to do that with something like Ultraman than it is with something like Spider-Man, because now you're dealing with you're dealing with Sony, you're dealing with Disney, you're dealing with Marvel. you got to figure out where you're going to put this thing, what it's going to be, blah, 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 where if it's, like, yeah. if you own everything... If mm-hmm. the company who's putting this movie out owns Ultraman, which again maybe they don't, I have no idea. I could be completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably easier to put together a package. Yeah, but yeah, you know, because because getting getting uh getting different um, what's the word uh like divisions to work together can be very difficult when it comes to money and entertainment. So I'm sure that has something to do with it. But either way. It does seem silly to me that yeah. there is not some sort of. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. Know. So what you're describing, I I totally agree with everything you're saying. If it is a smaller company in some ways that is more in control of different aspects, they know that a lot of their money comes from books. 
they know that this movie should be a way to sell more books and to make money on the movie and to make mm-hmm. money on merchandising and video games and everything that comes off of this. But they know that the backbone is the books. So having the book advertise, like they're very aware of that because they're a smaller company or they're better at the, the left hand talking to the right hand, whatever it is. With Marvel, it's not clear that they care about the books. The pie right. chart of Marvel income is like 10% comics. And then the other 90% is like video games, merchandising, t-shirts, licensing, mm-hmm. whatever. So if you're a big exec who works at Marvel and you're looking to really impress your boss to get a raise and a promotion, are you going to focus on the the measly 10% of the company that right. puts comics? No, because even if you right. knock it out of the park, they're like, all right, congratulations. We, you know, we made an extra $4 million, but that's nothing compared to what a video game makes. So if you're really right, looking yeah. to make your name there, you're going to focus on like a brand new game or a new line of clothing or whatever. That's the way to make it. Even though I know that the comics are the backbone, because you wouldn't have anything without the, the, the meat of it, these stories over right. the past hundred years, they might not be incentivized to think that way. And that's the problem. That's why we don't see advertising in a Marvel movie like we do at a Shin Godzilla, would be my guess. Yeah, yeah. And they, it was. Uh, I just remembered they had ads for conventions too. There was an ad for uh, wow. Awesome Con. Oh, and, really? Um, yeah. Yeah. It was Awesome Con, and, uh, and there was another one that I recognized. Another one I recognized that they had an ad for too. And I, yeah, it was just like I don't know why. Huh. You know. Uh, yeah. What are we know. doing? We're it's... losing out, man. I mean, you go to Barnes and Nobles, yeah. you see the amount of shelves dedicated to uh, manga, and you see the American so, sloppy ass American shelf where everything is all mismatched and bent around and folded. <laughs> right. Yeah. Here's my thought. Right. So maybe it's different because they don't do this as much anymore. Because remember when you go to the movies and it used to just be like a bunch of static ads until the the trailer started. Yeah. And now it's like yeah. now it's the, there's 20 minutes of high high end slick produced yeah uh, commercials and shit. Right. How expensive do you think it is to just get like a 10 second ad mm-hmm. slotted in there with a C, with a Q, uh, QR code on it yeah. that says like Hey, you like hey kids, you like Batman? Right. Click on this. I don't know. Yeah, or put you know before the projector goes, uh, you just have a, 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 a ad just you know projected onto the screen. It's not moving. It's just like, hey, if you like this movie, here's a QR code to get your free comic. Just leave it up. Right. Just leave it up there like a yeah. giant stationary poster. And then ten minutes when everyone's got their popcorn, they sit down. Then you can roll the trailers. And then yeah, like I don't know why there's missed opportunity here for sure, and no one seems to be interested yeah. in fixing it. Yeah, I wonder if that stuff, this is a whole other conversation now, but I wonder if those ads are th- theater, like, so some, I, are you paying the theater? Some are local ads. are you ads. paying the... Yeah. Yeah, okay, because I assume that's probably part of it, too, is the, right. the you have to pay X amount of dollars. If you, want, if you want to get into AMC, you're probably paying a lot more money than if you're getting into so my friend, a local theater or something. My friend runs uh, Awesome Con, or he's connected, So, and he's a Boston guy. He might have gone and paid the theater to put that in front of the whole movie, honestly. That might have been a much smaller operation than... Oh, really? It might not be tied in with all the other crap, honestly. Who knows? Huh. I'd be interested to ask him that, actually, because yeah. it's, it's something... Uh... Yeah, I'd be interested to see see where that came from. Yeah, I mean, for the Boston Con or for any New York big city convention, every local theater 
convention should just say, here's a QR code to get 10% off if you get your tickets to go to C2E2 or to Seattle or yeah. Texas or whatever. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Or, I mean, is it really asking that much to have Namor turn to the camera in the middle of Black <laughs> Panther 2 and say, this is almost as good as that series of Black Panther comic books that I read, yep. which you can get at your local comic book store. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't think so. It doesn't take me out of the movie that much, right? Yeah. I mean, what's Momoa charge for uh, breaking the fourth wall like that? Yeah. Like, if he rides in on a dolphin in Aquaman 2 and he's like, whoa, this is like Aquaman 376 on sale now. Yeah. I right, Listen. Why Maybe are... I missed my calling. Yeah, I, I think don't know. so, man. You could have been a joke surgeon, and uh, you could have been a movie <laughs> advertising mogul. <laughs> Uh, joke surgeon. I'm the person that's after you tell your joke, I tell you everything that was wrong with it and how to make it better. Uh, oh God, that's obnoxious. Um, anyway, <clears throat> I think that's going to do it for us this week on the Badass podcast. Uh, we will be back next time with Revenant and Babel. So thank you, Sean, for joining me. Thank you for having me and explaining what incels are. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you soon. <laughs> Let me die, bro.